You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a bite-sized podcast that brings you real-world insights that help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we share best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demand Matrix. Demand Matrix helps you complete your data stack with technographic, intent, and revenue potential data to help you accelerate revenue. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Sunny Side Up. I'm your host, Asher Matthew, and I'm excited today to speak with Eric Carino about storytelling for executives. Now, for those of you who have heard my voice on this podcast, and I guess you have no option because I'm the host, the topic of storytelling has been near and dear to my art, and I've actually spent a lot of time breaking down storytelling because that's who we are, right? Like, as professionals and as executives, as we move through the ranks and we move through our journeys, it is our job to clarify the vision by telling stories so that the vision and the mission become personal to people. So I'm excited to have Eric Carino on the podcast with us. Eric, welcome to the show. No, thanks for having me. Fantastic. So Eric, before we help 7,000 other current and future executives who are in the audience learn more about storytelling for their executive journeys, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got to where you are? Sure. So... You mentioned Eric Carino. I am the chief storyteller for our executive advisory group at SAP America. I've been with SAP now for 18 years, and I've been in pre-sales roles, sales roles, consulting roles, and storytelling has been really a part of what I do in my day-to-day life uh, when it comes to engaging with our customers. Uh, it really has become important, certainly in light of everything that we've gone through here in the past year with, with the pandemic and everything else. Fantastic. So let's dive straight in because I have tons of questions for you. Now, every time the topic of storytelling comes up, it's almost always focused on salespeople because we want salespeople mm-hmm. to tell anecdotal stories. We want salespeople to do this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I, f- I firmly believe that executives and people that want to unlock themselves and become future executives also need to be able to tell stories that have an impact behind them. But I would love for you to share what storytelling for executives means because you've had such an amazing amount of experience helping other executives tell amazing stories. That's really cool the way you said that, right? Storytelling for executives. In some ways, it it implies the reality, right? Bad storytelling doesn't discriminate. Just because someone becomes an executive, it doesn't mean you automatically inherit great storytelling DNA, right? Now, many people become executives because they are great storytellers, but but there is still an opportunity to become better, right? And I think the challenge that we all have is this. When we get in front of customers or we even telling stories to our children, we tend to be very factual. It's all about facts and things, Right. Here's what we've done. Here's what we can do. And you start getting into all these different features and functions and things like that. And that's important, right? Because the receiving audience wants to know those things, but it lacks a lot of context, right? If you don't have a story behind that. And that's why I think it is so important that we have a framework that executives, non-executives can actually leverage when they're telling a narrative. Everyone has great information to share. Question is, is how do you frame that information and share it in a way that's going to be impactful and it's going to way to get the audience to learn and actually take action on something? 
Does it make sense? Totally. I want to say aligned with you. I actually had to learn this the, the hard way because I was a salesperson that was really bad at storytelling. And then somebody said, wait a sec, hold on. You have to map the stories to the person's problem so that they understand how to extract meaning out of it. Well, and look at it this way, right? If you look at it this way, executives have had to pivot the way they sort of manage and operate a business today, right? For the past year, we all know this, right? We, we've all lived in this two-dimensional world. We've, we've traversed a pandemic, social unrest, political unrest, right? Running a company in addition to that, it's become even more complicated. But with that, it's brought a confluence of opportunity. One, we can all take a better look on how we should operate a, fit, a business more efficiently, more effectively. But it also allows us to give it give us time to, to look at ourselves closer, right? Look, look at us closer in a way that we never have before. So when you look at the relationship with our own employees, let alone customers, right? We're in this need to create a better connection, not simply to connect, right? There's a difference between connection and connect. How do we create a better connection in this sort of 2D world that we're living in, right? And now we're solely coming out. So when you look at storytelling, it becomes even more important today because sometimes we are talking in a screen like this. We're not able to shake hands. We're not able to be in front of someone. So the words we choose and how we use, use them become even more critical than, than ever, ever before. Yeah. So what's your framework then? Like, what, How should people think about st storytelling? Here's the biggest problem I see when you look at storytelling. People tend to jump right away into a solution. Oh, we can do this for you. We can do that for you. We have this. We have that. And that's great. They want to know that. But where's the context behind it, right? And I think there are two opportunities that, that people tend to miss when they start telling their narrative. And it starts off with what I call sort of the setting and the climate. Well, so what do I mean by that? Talk about what's going on. What's going on in the world today? What's, what's happening in general that will be relevant to your audience, right? Customers today have gone through stuff that we've never, ever seen before. We all have, right? Customers also today don't want a bunch of choices. They want to be curated to, okay? It's, it's one of these things that, that sort of changed. And when you look at the dynamics of all the online purchases, everything that people have done now, because we've had to, for a while we couldn't go into a store, we couldn't do all these things, everything had to happen online. We had to find a better way, right, to, to support all of that. And so when you look at sort of the setting and what's going on, tell them what's going on, what's happening in the world. Then once you've done that, you can sort of transition into, okay, you know, based on that, here are some of the challenges that we're seeing that you're having at your company, right? With your customers that you're working with. And then, and only then, now have you earned the right to talk about a solution. We, like I said, we tend to go right into the solution right away. Now, at yep. this point, you can start getting, does it make sense? And so you, yep. you're able to really set the credibility as a storyteller, as a presenter. If you spend more time up front talking about what's happening, what's going on, what are some of the general challenges? And then you can segue into, you know what, based on what we're seeing, we believe you have some of these challenges as well. And some of these things that we're seeing, we've actually solved these problems for others. Let's talk about that. See what the difference is? It, it makes yeah. a huge difference in how you approach your conversation with a customer. And so that was setting. Can you expand it a bit more on the climate piece? 
Yeah. So climate and setting are really some, somewhat synonymous, right? Okay. If, if you look at the setting and kind of where we've been, like I said, political unrest, things are going on, supply chains, oh. right? Have you ever tried to go and buy a refrigerator today? Right? Go to Home Depot, you're going to wait three months. Supply chains have been broken because of everything that's going on, social unrest. We've got all these different things. Political climate has changed dramatically. Lots of things that impact, if you will, our customers and the customers that they serve, right? And so it, it's really important that you're sort of setting that stage. Now, granted, some people say, well, we know that we've heard that, but there hasn't been someone that I have talked to yet, a customer, executive, where I haven't introduced something that they, where they didn't go, you know what? I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And all of a sudden now you've got their attention. Then when you start talking about, hey, by the way, guess what? Based on all of this that's going on, here's some of the things that we've done for other customers that are very similar to yours. And I think we have something here. And now you've got their attention. Well, let's talk about that, right? And then as I mentioned before, too often it's about, well, we've got 10 options. Yep. 10 years ago, that might have worked. People loved the choice. Not today. There's too much going on. Their world is so complicated. Everything's going on with their business, their own personalized. Tell us what we should do. You know, being at a company like SAP that's been around for 50 plus years, we've seen it all, right? We've done a bunch of story doing. So tell us what we should do. You have the experience. Then you can start talking about the solution. And I guess let's focus a little bit more on the executive storytelling, right? Mm -hmm. And is there a framework that you recommend that executives have to be careful about or things that they should be careful about? Yeah, no. So if, if you look at there, there's basically break it down to chevrons, right? As I talk about climate setting, problem, solution, realization, and transition. If you look at the, if you learn anything on today's podcast, remember those things, right? Because that is what will create the framework for an executive to tell the right story. Remember, executives have a lot of information. They've got a okay. lot of great information. It's why they got to where they are. And they've also been able to enable and help others. That's what yep. makes an executive an executive. And, and they can also lead. But when you put a framework together, it just makes their job that much easier. So earlier, we, we talked about climate. We talked about identifying the problem. Then we talked about the solution. So now you're talking about all these yep. different things. And they're like, great, great. Now what? And this is where I think a lot of times the storytelling falls short. Well, great. Well, I'm, now I'm going to pass you on to someone else. And now they're going to help you realize all these benefits. No. The story is, guess what? Now we're going to take you to that next step, show you how to realize all of this. We're going to hold your hand, be with you, and yep. make sure that you're successful. Right? It's, it's a big difference because a lot of times we tend to talk about solution, then we, we try to journey off and go in a different way. No, yep. it's about the realization. And guess what happens when people are successful in what they realize? All these great things that you talked about and they realize. Well, you know what? Yep. They're ready to transition. Guess what? We're ready to do it again. So that's when you get into the transition phase. What does part two of the story look like? We were successful in all these great things, right, that you talked about. Now what do we do next? So it's really kind of circular. You got your setting, you got your problem, solution, realization, transition, and then it's a virtuous circle because once they're able to succeed, they want to start the process all over again. And not yeah. only does this make you successful in storytelling, 
but it makes you successful when it comes to a communicator, it comes to someone who sells. Yeah, I would say from my own personal experience of learning how to tell good stories and leading teams, the one thing that has, or at least the, the things that I made mistakes on was jumping from step to step too fast. Correct. And, and you have to slow down and look for acknowledgement of the understanding of the message that you're sharing and the pieces of the message before you move to the next step, because it's almost like you're asking for permission, you're being respectful to the person or to the audience so that they're coming along with you, which is a big part of being an executive. Well, I like the way you said that, right? Because it's not a serial process where, oh, if I check this box, okay, I did. I, if I check this box, great, I did yes. this. Check Certainly by the time I check the sixth box or whatever that is, right. you know, this next thing is gonna happen. Not necessarily. Right. It, not necessarily. You, you have to be able to understand, you know, the dynamic that you have with your audience. Right. And yeah. who they are and who you're talking to. And, and you know, because it is an art as well as a science. Right. And as you are communicating. And, and I think too often, to your point, we tend to kind of just jump to one step, to one step, to one step. No, it, it really is about a continuous story. Right. That again, as I always tell people, if you have a great story, there's always a part two. So take your time, right? Make sure that they understand exactly what you're trying to convey. And uh, you'll be surprised at how attentive and actionable your audience will be, right? The, the one thing that you had mentioned, so, so specific to executives, and I think this is something where we can all get better. Don't be afraid to share a point of view. Yes. Don't be so robotic, right? The thing that I see most when it comes to an audience that I talk to, when I do enablement training, I do these different things, is that it's very robotic. They tend to look at, as we do exercises, people are very robotic in the way they're presenting, right? And I started as, why is that, right? Because, well, they're, they're trying to check boxes as they're going through. But the part that is missing is, is sharing a point of view. And this is the part that, that becomes the hardest because if you're going to share a point of view, you first have to be curious. Right? And curiosity is something I think we can all get better at. If you're curious, you tend to ask a lot of questions. You tend to ask all these different things. You tend to learn a little bit more about something. And when you learn more about something, guess what? Then you have a point of view that you can share. So as you're going through the process of storytelling, right? Climate setting, problem, solution, realization, transitioning, right? To the, you know, they've been successful. Don't be afraid to share what you're thinking. The audience wants to know. Now, you know what happens? People go, well, but Eric, they always raise their hand. But, but what, if the, what if the audience disagrees? Well, what if they do disagree? You know what happens after that? It spurs a conversation. Yep. Well, I don't necessarily agree with that. Well, tell me why. And now you're talking. And all of a sudden, there's this dialogue going on. That's just as critical to storytelling. It really yep. is. Yeah. Right. So even if you're wrong, you're right. Yeah. yeah. No, agreed. And, and engagement is actually the, the metric to watch out for when you're an executive versus just how many people said yes or no, because that's what you're trying to do. And so you absolutely have to muster the courage to go and share your point of view. I mean, you're not going to become an executive if you can, if you, if you cannot develop a point of view, I would say first. Yeah. And you have to nurture that, right? Because it, once again, especially in the world today, 
yes, we're coming out of a really just unimaginable time. People are starting yeah. to travel again. We're getting in front of our customers once again. Thank goodness. It's fantastic, yeah. right? But we're still going to have this sort of two-dimensional world at times. Travel is going to take a while before we sort of get back to normal and doing all these things that we used to do. And so the communication has to be important. It's not just about, hey, we're going to be there for you, right? We'll be there every step of the way. Yeah, that's important. But the yep. content is also important. The substance is also important. And so yep. I, I think effectively to be a great storyteller, first of all, you have to be curious, okay? And you can't be afraid to share a point of view because that's going to initiate the dialogue, the conversation, and allow you to find this meeting of the minds to where the story is going to stick. It's going to resonate. And again, get ready for part two. Because once they're successful, once they're happy with the things that they're doing, they always want to do it again. And then yes. that's what it's, it's really more of a circular process. In our previous conversation, you talked a little bit about unlocking your inner exec by being able to predict the future, you know, like enlighten <laughs> us about that. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Boy, if we only had the crystal ball. Right. right. Again, if we had that genie that could tell us what's going to happen and, and, and all that stuff. Here's the challenge that I have with the notion. I, I like the phrase, but here's the challenge that I have with the notion. Let's say for the moment I could predict the future at yep. a certain point in time. What's going to happen five minutes from now or two years from now, whatever that time band may be. Well, wouldn't it be great? Because by the time if I get there, I could be waiting for my customer, right? I mean, that, that's the theory. Yep. The challenge is, let's say you could do that. Well, by the time that customer is sitting there and I've got the future sort of planned out, the future changes again, right? There, there's something else that's going on, right? Yep. It's the new AI or it's the new widget. It's the new thing, right? And so what I think is more important is that the story is not based on how I look or can see the future and, and be able to support my customers, but how flexible, how malleable, how dynamic you can be as someone who is going to help enable them. How quick can you shift? How quick can you pivot? As opposed to just, well, this is going to happen, therefore you should do this. I think that, yeah, that there's, there's a lot of merit into that. But I think at the same time, you have to be realistic in that by the time you sort of predicted the future, by the time you get to that, the future is already changing again. Does that make sense? Yes, it totally does. Now, you've seen a lot of execs through your career, right? And, and I'm pretty positive you've helped hundreds of execs from the first time they became an exec all the way to becoming senior exec, right? And are there any tips or advice for people that are earlier stage execs as they try to navigate themselves to becoming a senior exec? And the reason why I ask this is because a lot of times when this question is posed, most people will say, well, it's all about relationships. <laughs> and, I, and I get it. Yeah. It, it totally is. 100% agreed on that. But there's got to be other tools, right? And in my uh, time of watching even like somebody like a John Roskill or or some of the mm -hmm. other execs out there, right? Like they had like speaking coaches and they had presentation coaches and they had like all of this amazing, amazing support that helped them understand how do I present and how do I speak and how do I, I make an impact 
one to one thousand, right? Like at that level, yeah. right? But I would I would love to, as you reflect back on all the people that you've helped, if there are like pointers, because like I said, there's seven thousand people that listen to this thing, and those people are all around the world, and they right. are execs who are actually trying to just figure out like how do I become somebody like a industry leading super exec? Yeah. One of the things that we tend to do, because it's human nature, right? We tend to want to talk about our successes, especially when you're an executive, right? Hey, well, I did this. I did this. I accomplished this. I went to school here. We sold this for millions of dollars. You tend to talk about your successes a lot. That Don't get me wrong. I'm guilty. I do that as well. But realize that listeners, your audience audience of the storytelling audience, they also appreciate the effort as much as they do the success. In fact, sometimes they appreciate the effort and failure more so than the success, right? And that comes as a shock to a lot of people, right? But when when you're looking to endear someone to a narrative, they want to understand sort of that the struggle, some of the challenges that you went through to kind of get there. And maybe you didn't quite get there the first time. You failed, but you kept trying. You failed. You kept trying. And eventually you succeeded. You triumphed, right? And that's the kind of what we call the the Pixar sort of story arc, right? Is that you have an aspiration, you try, and then there's some level of triumph. But I think we tend to focus so much only on the success. People also want to understand what what were some of the failures? Because- You can then only really appreciate success if you've at one point failed. I, I think that's one of the things that, that I would coach, if you will, uh, would be storytellers, executives, as they start embarking on their, their career, right? It, it's really important. The other thing I would say is that make sure that you are cognizant, yes, about what the audience wants to hear, but I know I'm, I'm kind of sounding like a broken record here, but never, ever be afraid to share your thoughts, even if it may differ, even if it may differ, partly because your audience who a lot of times they think they already know everything, right? You may be coming in and talk to someone, let's say, that is in media and entertainment, and now you're preaching media. Well, of course, they think they know everything. Yep. You will always represent something that they didn't hear about or they didn't know, always. Right. So don't be afraid to do that because it will only spark conversation and create a closer, more intimate relationship with you know, the people that you're conversing with. Right. It's not just about being, to your point, a yes person and saying everything that they want to hear. Well, that's just kind of a parody. Right. We don't want to do that. But I'd say those yep. are the two things uh, without question. Right. Talk about your failures. Don't be afraid to do that. Uh, and don't be afraid as well to just share your thoughts and, and have a point of view. Yeah, I would also say sometimes earlier stage executives are given this feedback that they should learn how to storytell because it'll fast track their careers. And that's <laughs> actually, you become an executive to play the long game. And so, so just be just know that that advice is actually not correct. The, the, the advice where, where you should tell or learn storytelling so that you can motivate, inspire your teams and work with their customers so that they can grasp the future concept faster so that they can go back to their businesses and and make an impact. And hence, you have delivered some value. Those things are actually more important 
than uh, just learning storytelling so that you can fast track your career. Um, but again, to each their own. I don't want to be, sound like, uh, like fast track your career is not important, right? So, so that's, that's totally true. So yeah, our- well, it, it's interesting uh, what you said there, right? What is really the role of an executive today? Because again, that's it's such a broad question. It sounds yes. very dramatic the way I said that, right? Um, yes, we understand it's about leadership. It's about mentorship. It's about setting the example. It's about driving strategy. It's all of those different things, right? And when you look at individuals that that can be an executive at that level, there's a lot. I think I think the country's blessed with exceptionally bright people that can be those things. What will make you an exceptional leader is one that can tell a story and be impactful, right? So we don't want to th- you know, lead people to believe, well, if I'm, you're not a great storyteller, you're never going to become an executive, right? Well, first, I think anyone can be a really good storyteller, number one. But two, if you're going to be one that's going to be impactful, I think one that is going to be uh, regarded one that's going to make an impact. And I think storytelling is something that's going to be very important to what you do. Um, but to your point, it's not compulsory for all. I just think it, uh, it happens to be very important though, if you're going to be very successful as an executive. So let's talk about hard lessons that you have learned in helping other people learn storytelling, right? Ben, and we'll flip it just a little bit. Because the helping other people learn storytelling, I feel like if, anytime you do that, you're actually learning more yourself, right? And uh, at least that's been my experience, right? So thoughts on that? No, it's a great point. And it, it kind of gets to, can you get everyone to become a good storyteller? Can yep. you scale this, right? If yes. you want to look at it that way, right? Yep. Um, I truly believe you can. And, and here's why. Look at people, we're, we're like a database, right? If I can use that analogy. We have tons of information. And over the years, it's certainly at the level we're talking about, executives, right, who have worked their tail off in school, they've worked their tail off at work, they have found their way to be that leader, to be that executive within the organization that they support, right? So we, we, we learn to appreciate all of that, okay? So the question is, is can you then sort of scale this notion of storytelling and get other executives no matter who you are, no matter what your background is, uh, to support that. And I truly believe you can. If you look at yourself as a database, the challenge here is how do you take all of that information and present it and make it actionable, right? How do you consume it? How do you make it available so someone's going to understand it and someone will actually find relevancy in it? And then take action on it, right? And that's that's what we do. The framework that I've talked about, and again, it just it really bears repeating this notion of understanding the climate, right, that, yep. that you're talking about and what's happening right, for your audience, yep. segueing into the problem, some of the problems based on what's going on today. Here's some of the challenges that we're seeing. At that point, now you could sort of segue into the nirvana, which is what we call sort of the solutioning. Hey, guess what? Based on what's happening today, based on what you're seeing in your industry, here's some of the things that we've done for other people. Now, as they look at that, great. How do we realize that? Well, let's talk about how we're going to get you from point A to point B. Now, they see all of those great things. And then, of course, they can transition. If you can follow that framework, right, I think you're in a great in great shape to be a storyteller. Now, does it happen overnight? And this is, this is the part that I want to be really clear. 
like anything, you have to practice this. People tend to think, well, storytelling is some kind of natural thing that only artists can do. I, I will admit, you have better singers out there, right? There are people who are great singers. My point is, listen, I'm not here to make you a great singer, but I'm going to get you to carry a tune, right? And, and I think that's really important. So the framework really works. But as I tell people all the time, they've got to practice this. It doesn't happen overnight. I, I tell people, stand in front of a mirror. Present to yourself. You know why? Because you're going to be your hardest critic. Work on your storytelling. Work on your mannerisms. You and I both, though, we talked about this earlier, your hand yep. gestures, your eye contact, right? Are you looking in the camera? Are you kind of wandering or looking away? Your body language. All those things are important. Now, yep. it may come natural to some. It may come unnatural to some. You have to work through those things. And that just takes practice. But if you have a solid framework or a foundation in place, I haven't met anyone in the years I've been coaching and storytelling that has not become a really good storyteller. Not one. I've taken some of the most shy, uh, just most you know, timid individuals. And all of a sudden, I see them in person presenting and like, oh, my goodness, look what's happened. And it's because they follow some simple rules. This isn't complicated, right? Yes. I think yes. what, what happens is that people, they tend to, well, I, I'm just not going to be good. And then they well, won't try. And, and you know what happens? Now they get back into all the, the fact-telling. They like to tell a bunch of facts. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's great. But if there's no context behind that, who's going to listen? So it takes practice, um, you know, and, and I think one of the, the things I love doing, satisfaction I get as an executive is, helping others do this. And as I told folks, it just takes uh, spending some time doing it. Yeah. Fantastic. I mean, this is great. And and I really appreciate the fact that you're taking time to break these concepts down because once they're acted upon and the call out to practice this, even though, you know, I mean, here's a tip for everybody listening. Start a podcast, but just don't publish it, but record yourself and listen to it. At least you'll actually get good at start hearing yourself because you're going to be hearing yourself a lot and you'll be able to catch yourself in speaking things that maybe you should be saying and maybe you should be emphasizing your tone and all those things, you know, like all of that stuff can be done um, in today's day and age. And there's plenty of good software out there that can help you too if you don't want to stand in front of a mirror. Yeah. And, and, and as we've discussed before, the, for those that are, are listening to this and going, yeah, but I just, I can't, I just don't see myself as, as a good storyteller. Yep. Uh, you, you are, you, you yes. really are, but, but you have to sort of work within a framework. It, it may seem mechanical at first, right? Yep. But work in the framework that I talked about um, and, and you'll find yourself becoming better. Right. Yep. And, and again, there's a lot of things that we talked about as well. You know, hand gestures, your body language, all yep. those things become very important, especially in the 2D world that we're living in. Right. We're we're not shaking hands. We're not to your point. It, it's you know, let's build relationships. That's important. Yes. Absolutely. But it's a different world that we live in today. Right. And I think it becomes more important for you to become that great communicator. And as I said, it's it's creating the connection, right? It really is about creating that connection and storytelling is the way you do that. Yes. Well, great. Thank you so much for spending some time with us and breaking these concepts down. We always ask our guests if they could share a resource, a book, blog, newsletter, website, or video 
that people can take away from this podcast? Oh, great question. Great question. I think a lot of people are surprised at my answer, right? People think I'm going to start talking about all these different books and different things like that. I'll tell you the one thing that has really resonated with me. And if I, I'll give myself some credit because I've, I've actually been practicing a lot of these principles even before reading it. But if you get a chance, right, as an audience, take the time and Google the 22 rules of storytelling, right, by Pixar. People go, Pixar? What do you mean Pixar? What are you talking about? You mean the, the media and entertainment company, yeah. Disney and Toy Story and all of that? They actually put together rules of storytelling. Right? I thought, well, I first looked at that and I said, oh, this will be interesting. So I actually, I actually work really closely in the media and entertainment business, right? So a lot of the projects and things I work on are for yep. folks like Disney and Pixar and Warner Media and things like that. So I started looking through it and lo and behold, I was like, oh my goodness, this is right. Right? And and I think it's also a testament to how I talk about storytelling, right? Pixar, animation, all these, it's simple. It has to be simple. Don't make it any harder than it is, right? A lot of people want to look at the science of all of these different things. And no, it's very, very simple, right? And when you look at some of their rules as you start reading through this, it's know your audience, right? Make sure that you're telling the story that the audience wants to hear. Number one, uh, one of the things that I talked about earlier, it's important that you talk about success. That's great and achievement, but realize an audience appreciates the six, the, the effort, right? And sometimes failures uh, yeah. based on that effort, just as much as the, the success, right? So there's a lot that you can learn from that. And for those that are like, eh, I don't know, I'll tell you this. There's about 25 billion reasons you should look at this document. Um, that's how much revenue they've generated since Toy Story came out in 1995. Wow. So um, take a look at it if you get a chance. Um, has been impactful to me and I think can be very useful for, for everyone. Fantastic. And so as we wrap this podcast up, I'm sure there's going to be people who want to get in touch with you. So what would be the best way for them to connect with you? No, great question. Um, we're getting ready actually to put out a website that will promote a lot of my work, promote a lot of the enablement programs that I've put together. So we'll be able to publish that. But in the meantime, LinkedIn is a great way. Please, by all means, go to my LinkedIn page and uh, be able to communicate with me that way. We'll also publish my website when that is available there. And uh, in the meantime, you can actually consume a lot of the different uh, content things that I produce uh, on my LinkedIn page as well. So a lot of information, but as I will welcome everyone that is listening to this, do not hesitate to reach out. Uh, it, it's the one thing that I love the most is, is talking to the audience and, and the people that I can help become better storytellers. Fantastic. Well, Eric, thanks so much for coming on this show and best of luck in your journey. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us and share these insights with your peers. 